Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. My name's David. I'm Kevin. And we are on site. <laughs> yeah, well, what would you call this? I don't know. On we, location. We are, we are on set. We are, we're actually here. We're at, Catalyst Studios West. There, there we go. You're the east side. I'm the west side. <laughs> we're actually at my church this week. We're at Laurelwood. Uh, I had a very busy day today. And so I asked David if he could come down. And he brought a, a laptop to record the episode on. And the laptop failed to work. So we're actually running this through our soundboard in our sanctuary uh, so we're actually on location. We're on set. The old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way. So we're we're actually on running CD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're running it straight through our board, and we're just recording it on our CD recorder. And then uh, David's gonna take it back to his office and see what I can do. Try to clean it up. I, I think there's a nice little hum or a nice hiss going on right now. So, so if you hear. <laughs> You'll just have to get used to it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, so it's been a while. It, it has. It's been because, quite a while since we actually got together. Because last time we got together was when uh, when John, when we recorded all those episodes with John, and uh, was that the week before or week after Easter? It was right before Easter. So, so it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, this is May now. Yeah. It's May 18th. It's my birthday. And it's the day that Mount St. Helens blew up. Exactly. I wasn't I was I wasn't born the same year. Mount St. Helens erupted on May 18th, 1980, and I was born May 18th, 1982. So, a couple years after. I was born in 79. I actually lived here when it blew up. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we lived up uh Woodland Ish area. Oh, you probably don't remember anything about it blowing up. Well, let's see, I was not quite a year old. Yeah, yeah, you, you were like you were like nine months old or something, yeah. right? Eight months. So, my sister was actually born May fourteenth, nineteen eighty. She was born four days before it erupted, and they were actually still in the hospital with my sister. Uh, and there was ash everywhere, and they couldn't. They actually wouldn't let my mom leave the hospital because they were afraid of all the ash getting inside, like my sister's mm-hmm. lungs, because uh, she was born kind of early. So it was actually like a really big ordeal. Yeah. Um, and a- everywhere, everywhere, you know, my mom tells these stories. Everywhere you went, people were wearing masks, and you know, banks actually had to start posting signs on the door saying, "Please remove your mask when you come in," because. Like bank towers kept thinking they were getting robbed. <laughs> you know, like people would come up with masks and they would start tripping the silent alarm because they were getting so paranoid. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, please remove your masks when entering. If you were smart, you know, and you wanted to do a robbery, that was the time. That would be the time to do it. Yeah, maybe get away with it. And, and actually, it just occurred to me, David. There's probably maybe some listeners who don't know. Mount St. Helens was a volcanic mountain in, um, it's actually in Washington, mm-hmm. um, and it erupted. It's, it's close to the Portland area, Portland, Oregon. It's like 45 minutes northeast of uh, Portland, uh, or 45 miles or whatever it is. 
I don't know. You can see it from here. You can see it from here. Yeah. So May 18th, 1980, uh, the the mountain actually erupted and it blew the entire top of the mountain off, and it it was all just a big heap of ash that rained down across Portland for for days. I mean, there was yeah, it lost like 1,100 feet. Of its elevation. Yeah, like which is a really big deal for yeah. a mountain to like <laughs> lose, you know, like the top fourth, the top quarter of itself. And, and actually now, um, now you can go to Mount St. Helens and it's a beautiful mountain. They're, they got some caves. Um, uh, they got like the ape caves ape where you, caves. yeah, yeah, you can like crawl. Why do they call it the ape caves? I have no idea. I think it's like a Boy Scout you know, troop or yeah, something. Probably, but, but they have all these like, um, tunnels and these like natural volcanic caves that were carved out from it be kind of being a volcanic mountain. And um, uh, I actually... Lava tubes. Lava tubes, right. I actually... I took Melanie there when we were dating. Um, <laughs> really funny. It actually isn't that funny. Well, it kind of is. I don't know. Melanie might not think it's funny. but <laughs> so So we go there and... And I remember, go- I remember going to the ape caves when I was in junior high with our youth group, and I remember thinking, "Oh, it's a really cool thing." And I was like, "Melanie, we should go." And um, so we go to the ape caves, and I I know nothing about like hiking or climbing or anything. So all we have, we we have my dad's old gas kerosene lantern. You know, that's all we brought. We brought a lantern. Um, <laughs> And, and so we go down there, and I had no idea. Like, it is, it's literally pitch black, all right? And, and I don't even know how much gas is in this lantern. I didn't think, I didn't think about checking ahead of time. And, uh, uh, and, and so when you first go down the eight caves, there's two paths. You can either go the easy path, which is just like a kind of just a straight one-mile hike. It's all level. Yeah, like they've cleared all the rocks Right, out. they cleared it all out. Or, or you could go the hard path. And, and I was like, come on, Mel, let's, you know, it's an adventure. <coughs> let's, uh, let's take the hard path. And, and I had no idea what the hard path meant, but the hard path means that, like, <laughs> it's, it's actually hard. Um, and I think they called it something else, like, they, they called it advanced, advanced right? Like it's, for, it's for advanced climbers. I'm like, we're young, we can do it. <laughs> it was the biggest mistake. It was horrible. I mean, the whole thing, you're climbing over rocks, our ankles are sore, and I'm holding this, all I got is this lantern, I'm holding this lantern out so we can see, because you can't see anything. And, and I start realizing, about an hour into it, I start realizing we're probably gonna lose our lantern really soon, and if we don't, if we don't get out of here, like we're in really big trouble, because um, it's dark. And Is there anyone else up there? No, there was no one there. <laughs> we we didn't we didn't run into anyone. No one because I think we actually skipped classes at Multnomah. We like skipped our afternoon classes, and, and it was horrible. And I swear, it's by the grace of God. I think God was providing oil in that lamp i'm i'm serious because there's no way we were there for a good two and a half hours and there's no way that that lantern lasted that long so it was totally by god's grace we made it out and we're like we are never doing that again (laughs) (laughs) it was tough the worst part is there's like this six foot wall halfway through you have to scale over and both melanie and i were short (laughs) people i'm five four melanie's five two and and we get to the wall and we literally think we gone the wrong way we're like did we just, is this a dead end? And and we realized we had to go over the wall. And Melanie's like, I can't do it, Kevin. I can't do it. I'm like, Melanie, you have to. We're going to run out of light. This lamp is going to die. You got to go over it. And so I, I helped push her over. It was it was tough. Yeah. 
Well, right in the right in the middle of <laughs> a uh, a youth camp meeting. Yeah, like and I said, so we're we're on location here at <laughs> Laurelwood, so we're actually in the middle of our sanctuary, and there's a lot of other stuff going on. Hi guys. Hey. Hi Matthias. Bye. Hey good. Hey guys. Hey. Don't trust anything he says. <laughs> See ya. As sharp as he looks. Yeah, come on. Yeah, podcast right now. Well, that was fun. Apparently yeah, so apparently they don't care about our podcast. Yeah, we're just a bunch of geeks. Uh, That's okay. Musicians are geeks. That's pretty No, we're not geeks, we're artists. We we uh we're artistically artistically challenged. challenged. <laughs> I was gonna say gifted, but Oh. Anyway. Hey, so what are we talking about today? Well, <clears throat> we both have meetings tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I have my church health team meeting. Yeah, and I have my worship leadership team meeting. Oh, is that with your your core group of leaders? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of, it's a group that I've deemed. They're people. Some of them are in charge of areas, like you know, head sound guy, right? <coughs> a couple of worship leaders. You know, some of our worship, other worship leaders that meet us there. Um, our our head uh, computer tech lyric person. Wow, he he comes too. Yeah. Cool, and so, so f- some of those people, and then some other people that I, that uh, that I, they either have an attitude or they're like they're so a good attitude, right? Yes, Not like yes. a he's got yeah. an attitude, like they rub off on people in a good way. Yeah, and so I want them to be a part of the leadership team, or people who are exemplifying other behaviors, or you know, hard workers, or you know, they might not be necessarily leading. A specific aspect of something or other. So, how many people do you have on your leadership team? Eight. Eight, including you. Mm, I don't think so. Eight plus you makes nine. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, um, we're actually we're getting together. This is the unveiling tonight of the Ooh. of the goals Whoa. that were a result of the year end review that right. we did back in February. So, um, so we had you know we did it in February. March was getting ready for Easter. April was Easter, and so now we're finally getting back together to talk about. <laughs> and four months later, <laughs> let us unveil the results. So it's only gonna, you know, they're only gonna be goals for, you know, ten months or something like that. But right. they're gonna give us something to work towards. So we're gonna we're gonna go over that tonight and uh, discuss some of those. Don't ask me what they are because I don't have them memorized off the top of my head. Come on, man. But um. And then I'm also I'm going to start doing some leadership training. We're going to be using um, was it uh, the, like Contagious Leader or something? Mm. It's put out by like John Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a DVD series right. and small group kind of curriculum. Deal. So you're actually going through that with your leadership team? Yeah, I'm gonna. Cool. There's 12 sessions and they're 20 minutes long, and we meet for an hour and a half to two hours. So I just decided to that we should take do some actual leadership training each time and hopefully help them become better leaders. And if, if we can help them become better leaders, they'll be able to lead more people more effectively and efficiently. And we can, uh, have a, a healthier That's cool. worship ministry. Yeah. I really, I really like that idea of, of actually you got your core group of people, your team of people, and you're actually 
you know, constructively doing things that are going to make them hopefully better leaders. So I don't know if, if you've been, if you've been reading my, uh, my weekend review blog, my, um, on our, our website, our worship ministry catalyst website, worship ministry catalyst.com. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Expedia. Um, so if you've been following along, you'll know that that I've really started. Uh, I'm really starting to push to have our um, our co-leaders, other people on the team, leading. And um, but one thing I haven't done is what you're talking about, actually getting them together on a regular basis, going through material with them. Because normally, what I do, when, like this week, I got I got a guy um, on our team, Ryan. He he's uh he's doing what I call like the phase three of worship leadership. So he's actually uh, picking the music, planning the service, uh, running the whole you know running the whole thing. And you know I, I've been meeting with him. We've been talking, but normally it's just kind of me meeting with people one on one. I haven't done a whole lot of group uh, leadership dynamic stuff. So so tell me about like what what are your hopes. For like, how often are you guys meeting, and what are your hopes for? We're gonna meet once a month. Okay. And um, it's kind of several, several purposes. You know, we have probably um, sixty or seventy regular participants in our worship arts ministry that that participate maybe on a weekly basis, and then there are another thirty or so that that are kind of as needed or, you know, as the need arises or, uh, like special season or special event kind of people. And so there's the potential to have, you know, a hundred people that are involved in the worship ministry. So there's no way I can keep tabs on all a hundred of those people and do it well. Right. Like I can get to know them and a tiny little bit about their lives by talking to them for a few minutes, you know, a couple of them, a few minutes each weekend but there's no way I can keep tabs on them, you know, and know if they're if they're feeling successful in the worship arts ministry, you know if they're feeling like they're using their God-given gifts to to worship God. And so so one of the things is to to start to develop groups of people around some of the people on our leadership team. So the sound guy would kind of be the one that's he would keep tabs on all the other sound techs and all the new mm. sound techs that are coming in and and the media shout guy would be the one that keeps tabs on all the other media people and then uh you know like a, one of our guitarists might keep tabs on all the electric guitarists a photographer would keep tabs on all the photographers and you know that kind of idea and and kind of develop community and specialized areas that um that I you know I don't have expertise in all of those areas. I'm not right. I'm not an excellent electric guitarist or anything like that. So I would be like, yeah, you know, do the thing it goes like this. Do, do, like, do that thing. <laughs> that sounds good. Or you know, I don't know if you've been around electric guitarists very much or hung out with them, but they love to talk gear. You know, I got I got a Les Paul. You know. They're talking about their pedals. They're talking about the guitars. They're talking about the pickups in the guitars. They're talking about the fretboard and and what they're doing to this and that. It's like, and they're talking. You know, they throw out all these names of different pedals. Like, oh yeah, I I checked that out, but I didn't really like it for this or that reason. (laughs) It's like, and there are all these weird names like Bad Monkey (laughs) and like Fuzzbuster. You know, like all these (laughs) weird. You know, so so, but if you're an electric guitarist, then you know that language, and you can and you can do that. I can't talk. 
I don't speak electric guitar very well. <laughs> but so so that's one of the groups to build some groups around some of these people. Um, the other thing is that um, I'm I don't know maybe I'm I'm somewhat different than a lot of leaders, but I don't think that um, for vision in terms of the vision for ministry, I don't think that God just gives me a vision for the worship arts ministry and then expects everyone else to be, you know, just the little servants carrying out the vision. I think God gives, you know, God brings people to our churches and gives them dreams and we all can work together to come up with one, one whole vision instead of just one person's narrow vision. Mm. And you know they're yeah you're talking about like broadening the scope of of how you of how you lead in terms of getting other people to have that buy-in right and so if yeah if it's someone else's idea even though it might be my idea too I might have been thinking about this but if if so and so comes says yeah you know we we would love to see something happen in terms of songwriting or recording or arranging and then someone else comes and says. Yeah, I love. I'd love that too. It'd be great if we could build a songwriting community around here and, and develop that. And then, then those people, it's their idea, and it's they're going to take ownership of it. They're going to, they're going to support it a lot more than if I just come to them and say, "Hey, yeah, I want to start a songwriting group. Would you be in it?" Yeah. You know what I mean. But if right. they have this idea that's been rolling around in their head for months or years, and then all of a sudden they're given a chance to start to pursue it a little bit in the church, then then all of a sudden they're, you know, ignited with this passion that maybe they wouldn't have had before because they're just, at, up to this point, just been fulfilling someone else's dreams. Right. And so so that's one of the things, that's one of the things that came out of the, uh, the year-end review was a lot of, because one of the questions on that, that we, the review questions we got from Jordan is, was is there anything that's been rolling around in your head in terms of you know dreams or something about worship yeah. and stuff like that and so got a lot of response and there were several several that you know I'd been really wanting to pursue but if it was just me there'd be no way to really accomplish it but if there's some other people that really are involved yeah. and and buy into those and, ideas and that's that's called equipping man like that's empowering people to to do something that they're passionate about um you know, the, there's a guy in our church who, you know, he he says if you ask if you ask the right person the right question, they'll they'll always say yes. You know, if you ask uh, someone to do something that's within their their shape, within their their passion, um, I mean, they'll do it. You know, but obviously, you know, if you were to ask me to to, um, hey, you know, Kevin, what we've been looking at the landscaping around this building and, and, you know, we're noticing that it could use some sprucing up. Would you be interested in helping with a team of people to, to do land? I mean, I, I, I could care less. Uh, well, not that I don't care. I just, I have no interest in landscaping right. or yard work right. or anything. Uh, but man, you know, you, you get, you get, we have some um, people here. We actually have master gardeners in our congregation who, you know, have gone to school for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you ask them, I mean, that, that is hands down 100 percent their passion they love being out here they love growing things and we actually have a team of three or four people that that come out here and and just you know weed and do different things and and they just get a kick out of you know seeing things blooming and you know you 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 ask the right person the right question and they'll they'll say yes yeah so 
So, so there's that, and then there's leadership training. You know, uh, John Maxwell has, you know, his first law in his leadership book is the law of the lid, and um, law of the lid, the law of the lid. So basically, no organization will rise above the lid of its leader, is oh. the law. So, the worship. Uh, arts ministry will never get any bigger than I am capable of leading. Wow. That puts a lot of responsibility on it us, does, man. It does, yeah. But then, but see, as I thought about it, I think there's also like an, a structural or an organizational lid too that, you know, if I can, if I can bring up some other people on this leadership team that have gifts that I don't have and, and staff my weaknesses, basically, yeah. then then we can raise the leadership lid of the leadership of the worship arts ministry. So it's no longer just my abilities, but then it's this person's and this person's and this person's and that person. You know. And so it's all of our abilities collectively, which is way bigger than, than mine. And so I think that's I think that's important for us anyway in terms of how we're going to grow and expand, and not not necessarily just in numbers, but but in what we're doing and how we're doing it, and the purposes behind uh, what we're doing, and how effectively and you know uh, artistically you know, and all that y- stuff y- we're doing. Y- them. You said something a, a little bit ago about you know coming out coming out of your year in reviews, and and you know now you got this team, and you're unveiling your goals, and and what you just shared now kind of made me think about. Um, when when we did our year in review, we actually had kind of our, our big meeting, and, and I shared with you that first time it wasn't very successful, and the second one was, and out of that, you know, I'm I'm actually coming to realize that just like what you were saying, there there are things that I think I do really well, but then there's things that I don't do so good at. And for me, understanding what my weaknesses are and getting people who can support me and come up alongside me so that maybe, like you were saying, raising that lid a little bit. Because, you know, if I'm really good at at music and if I'm really good at arranging and if I'm really good at maybe like leadership, but maybe I'm not as good at at creativity, you know. And and so I think at first it was one of those things where I, I felt like I had to, you know, I had to be, be the master yeah, of I had trades. to be master of everything. Mm-hmm. I had to be perfect. And, and now I just say, I just concede, you know, say, all right, like, I know I'm not a great singer. I know I'm not very creative. I know I don't know a ton about sound, you know? And so finding those people in our church or, or maybe people in my, in my circle of influence who can help me with that, it's been tremendous. And I feel as a leader, as a worship pastor, I feel so much more empowered to do my job because I know what I'm good at. And I know that there's people who are good at other things. And I can just come up and say, hey, you know, Angie, will you help with choir? You know, hey, Ryan, will you help me lead this song? Hey, you know, Peter, will you uh, fix this problem with the amps, you know, on the soundboard? I mean, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really cool having that philosophy. Well, and I mean, if you stop and think about it, just on a Sunday morning or, you know, on a weekend, it's impossible to do everything. You know, there's no way that you that, or I could could run sound and lead worship and change the lyrics and run the lights all at the same time. Yeah. There, it's just impossible. But I'm sure there are worship leaders that, that try to do that, to do it all themselves. 
but it's only going to be, you know, a fraction of what it could be if we could bring somebody else, even if they're maybe, maybe they really aren't as good as us at running sound or not as good as us at doing lights or whatever. But, uh, if they can do it 80% as well as we do, then we just need to let them do it and then expect them to grow. Yeah. And, and I think what you said there, Dave, is a great point. I mean, not everyone is going to be naturally gifted and be at like a hundred percent benchmark level from the very first day. But you know what? Like if they have a passion for it, and if they understand it, you get them plugged in and then you coach them and you train them. And that's how you empower people. And one of the things that we've been doing here at Laura was actually the last year and a half or two years, there's been this really, really big push um, from the leadership to empower um, pastors, you know, me and, and Mike and the other pastors, empowering, you know, uh, for us to empower other people to, to do the things we do. And, and that's why... You know, I've been mentioning in my blog there that that's why uh, we're starting to really see some fruits now, you know, uh, of people who on my worship team can actually lead worship and, and doing this. And, and I'm, I've been helping them and I've been working with it. And like this last week, you know, we had Katie leading uh, most of the songs. And, you know, she she's not all the way there yet. She's not totally ready to do an entire service from start to finish. And that's okay, but she's getting there. From the first time she led a song, you know, in that phase one level, uh, to now, just this last Sunday, I mean, the difference is huge. And I was so proud of her. I'm like, Katie, you did it, you know? Like, you you were on the guitar. You were up there. You were leading. You welcomed people in. You you told them, hey, we're here to worship the Lord this morning. And you led us in worship. I thought it was great. Yeah, and... And if we're hogging, you know, if we're hogging all of that to ourselves and, you know, maybe some of us because we feel like, well, we're paid, so we're responsible and it has yeah. to go well. But no, and, and I, I've totally felt that. Before. Yeah. But if but if we're hogging that, then we never get to experience the, you know, the joy of watching somebody else take a gift and and work on it and hone it to the point where it becomes a really good offering, you know. Right. And, and that's that's something you can't. You can't replicate that. You can't replace that no. experience with anything else. And, and I think I think the 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 other value is that um, you're equipping future people to you know to, to with with these talents and these passions and these gifts. You know, I, I think back to the church I was at before I came here to Laurelwood. Um, uh, you know, I, I went there for like twelve or thirteen years. Um, you know, great church, but they, you know, it was a big church. They had uh, a lot of paid staff and they had a lot of really good musicians. And I played on the worship team. You know, I was in high school and I played on the worship team. And, um, you know, but that, that's really all it ever was. You know, they, they never really valued um, having having people lead worship or having other people trained and raised and empowered to do it because they, they wanted to have everything be perfect, you know? Yeah. And, and I think their philosophy was kind of like, well, this is why we pay. You know, this is why we have like 40, you know, pastors and staff people so that we can have like, um, a wonderful, you know, they had like a full-time sound guy. They had, you know, uh, they had a, a full-time light guy, mm -hmm. a full-time tech guy, a full-time, uh, video guy. I mean, th these were full-time 40 hour positions. Right. And, you know, and, and that's why they did it. So it would be a really good production. And it was. But I remember as a young guy, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old, you know, kid in high school, I remember thinking, wow, you know, like, I really love worship music. 
and <coughs> and I want to be a worship pastor when I grow up. Um, and I've been going to this church for 12 years, and I've never once led worship here, you know? Yeah. Um, because, so so that, that that was one of the things that struck me. And and now that I'm in that position, I'm like, you know what? This would be a great chance to, to give other people that opportunity. And no, it's not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be great. And, you know, but empowering people... Uh, doing things with leadership teams. So I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with your uh, your leadership team. You know, like I was sharing, I, I have five people who, who have led worship here, but I've never actually gotten them together and sat down and done leadership training. So you gave me some good ideas there. I appreciate that. Well, that's all the time we have. Yeah, we are. We're, we're getting... Getting short on the time. So, um, thanks for listening. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can come join us at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Join our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com. Or you can send us an email to uh, david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or, or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. And if you know another worship leader who you think could benefit from uh, resources of this, spread the word, pass it on to them. And, Tell them it's absolutely free. It's been, we aren't charging anything. <laughs> Spread it like wildfire. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.